Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. saved i got surrendered you know what holy spirit told me one day in the bedroom and i know i heard it you could you could tell me i don't have you know you heard the voice i'm telling you the lord said you have surrendered you've given all to me i have catapulted your life to where you'd have been if you'd have always followed me i was 33 when i got saved i was months in he said i have catapulted your life to where you'd have been if you'd have always followed me i've redeemed it all i I brought you to the place as if you'd have been with me the whole time I was nine months saved. Every gift in the Bible had flowed through my life. Every, all the nine gifts of the Spirit had functioned through my life, and I wasn't a year old. I was preaching in churches, wasn't a year old. I was getting invited to speak, and people were calling me a pastor because of the way I conveyed. And They just thought I was a minister. Everybody just hears you talk about Jesus in a certain way, and they automatically dub you as a pastor. I've never even been to Bible school to this day. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But I promise you, I've been with him. I've been with him. And people calling my house, wasn't even a year old, calling my house for counsel, for prayer. People parking at my house, can we talk? I would be in the parking lot of the church sharing with people. People come up and I'd be talking. My pastor's standing right behind me. Two counseling degrees, two separate seminars, or seminaries, seminars, seminaries. And, and, and he'd be like, and then I'd realize he was there. I'd say, hey, pastor. He'd say, no, no, you're good. You're good. Just, I'm just listening. And at first I felt a little like, he's checking up on me. I hope everything's okay. Pastor, do you mind me talking like this? People just come to me all the time. He said, no, no, there's a reason they come to you. And he said, Dan, I'm astounded by your life. He said, I got two degrees in counseling from two seminaries, and you're counseling at a level that's as high as they could teach. He said, it's astounding to me, the stuff that comes out of you, the wisdom you share, and the way you cover situations, give them answers. And the way you do that, he said, it's astounding to me. I was like six months saved. Never been to Bible school. And it was way back then my hair started getting like this. By the time I was 40, it was really changing. I was cool with it. I just find every scripture that said it was wisdom. Yay for Jesus. Come on, that's fun. That's fun that I live by the world's terms a knucklehead. I've lived empty and vanity till I was 33. Zero love in my heart. Hurt everybody that I said I loved. Mean to my wife. Mean to my kids. Unthankful. Unloving. I was very hard to live with. I had to be a challenge. And God didn't forsake me and turn his back on me and didn't cut me off. He actually came to me at work and knocked on my heart and I opened up and he came in. He sure did. And you know what he did? He redeemed my life as if I always knew him. He is so good. He's undefeatable if we'll just let him be who he is in our lives. You just can't stop the grace and mercy of God. How do you defeat mercy? It's the one thing the devil can't defeat. He can't defeat the mercy of God. He could have Matt pinned. Matt could be young in life. Matt could be aspiring ministry things, calling way back. I'm going back in Matt's life. And, and all of a sudden, the devil tried to sidetrack and get him and pin him. And ha, 
got you now. And Matt could cross up a little. Yeah, and that's static in his life, right? And, and, and he says, got you. And all of a sudden, Matt says, oh, man, well, weeps a tear with nobody looking. God never was created for that. Man, I just love it. And what's God do? His mercy triumphs over judgment. And all of a sudden, God's treating Matt as if nothing ever happened because of the sincerity and repentance of his heart. And the devil can't touch him and can't do a thing because mercy triumphed over judgment. And all of a sudden, the enemy cannot stop the mercy of God. Ain't that something? It's why we're all here. It's why we're all here. You get it? He himself bore our sins. Man, you guys stuck with me, man. That's amazing. I don't know how you did it. He himself, isn't this amazing? I've been away for a long time from this. And it says the same thing. Isn't it cool it hasn't changed? Did you ever notice the Bible says the same thing every time you open it? Never changes, so why do we change? It's always the same. (laughs) He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. So he suffered for doing good. People did him wrong. He, He took it patiently. He didn't commit sin. He no deceit in his mouth. He didn't revile. He didn't threaten. He just committed himself to God. And in the face of the injustice... He himself bore our sins in his body on a cross. Why? So we might, uh uh-oh. Well, whoever wrote that's blaspheming. Because guys, you sin all the time. You're sinning every day. You have this low-level sensitivity. You're probably sinning now and you don't even know it. You sin while you're breathing. You're sinning, I'm sinning right now while I'm preaching. It's got to be that way. Isn't that what people say? You ever hear that stuff? (sighs) Why did he... Bear our sins in his body on a tree so we can be forgiven. That's what we preach. We just make it about being forgiven. So that we might die to. Come on, this is Bible. Guys, we just talk about forgiveness. So we go for the forgiveness. So Christianity is pray a prayer and get forgiven. What about dying to sin and living for righteousness? What about getting filled with the Spirit and living by the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh and shining as a light? Yeah? What about loving not your own life unto death? And if you live because he died, then you who live should never again live for yourself but for him who died. 2 Corinthians 5, by the way. You might die to sin, live to righteousness, for by his wounds or stripes you were healed. Guys, I don't know about you, but that's incredible. That verse comes on the heels of Jesus suffering for doing right. So if Jesus had issues, copped an attitude, and sought natural justice, that scripture wouldn't be there. Are you following me? That scripture couldn't be there. But that scripture's there because he's love. So guess what we are now? Now we're ambassadors. Now, we're ambassadors, just like he was an ambassador, imploring us back to God, not imputing the trespasses of men against them. Now, we're ambassadors, imploring men, be reconciled to God, not imputing their trespasses, seeing their value and their purpose and their destiny, calling them back, telling them to get rid of selfishness and come back and be sons. You're created for sonship. Yeah? It's in your Bible. 
Y'all get that? So that we might, he bore our sins in his body in a tree so that we can be forgiven and go to heaven when we die. When the trumpet blows, we'll be in the right group. No, 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 it doesn't say that. It says he himself bore our sins in his body on a cross that we might die to sin. Of course, that entails forgiveness and live to righteousness. Living to righteousness reveals that you have died to sin. You're you're fixed on righteousness. You wake up and you present yourself members, your members unto righteousness. You're not waking up trying not to sin. You're waking up accepted in the beloved. You're waking up in him. You're waking up forgiven and free. You're wearing what he made for you. Come on, you see that clothing thing back in Genesis. They're wearing fig leaves, guys. They're trying to cover themselves. They're covering their own sin, their own shame. They're hiding from God. They can't even face his presence in the state they're in. Because sin consciousness destroys your life, takes away your ability to have relationship and fellowship with God. If you don't die to sin, you'll have sin consciousness. That's why people don't have relationship with the Lord. They just have confession. Come on, they're wearing fig leaves. What's he do? He takes off their fig leaves. And what's he do? He covers them with animal skins made with his own. That's pointing to the cross and the robe of righteousness that he made with his own flesh. Are you with me? If he leaves the fig leaves on them, what's their conscious awareness every day? The day they blew it, the day they separated themselves from God, the way the day they committed treason, were deceived and followed the serpent instead of God. Every day their sin is right in front of them and fig leaves wear out and they got to make more. What are they constantly aware of when they're wearing those fig leaves? Separation from God, shame and guilt and condemnation. What's God do? He says, I can't have them that way. He comes down and takes those things off and puts on animal skins. What are they aware of now when they see those skins? A promise. There's a seed coming. He's going to crush the head of the enemy. God hasn't given up on us. He hasn't judged us for our sin. He still has judged us for purpose. We still have hope with God. Yeah? Yeah. So we sing these songs. We talk about taking off grave clothes. We sung a lot of songs about coming out of the grave today and then putting on these robes of righteousness. So since we're here, since we're here, let's do this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we started at six. Bummer. Okay. I always think I get an extra hour when we start at six. Uh, Wasn't this good? Watch this. He bore your sin and my sin in his body on a tree. Where's your sin and my sin? His body on a tree. Why? That we having died to sin, might live for righteousness. So watch this. If we don't step into our part, then what he did for us is no avail where we're concerned because we didn't step into our part. So you can thank him for dying on the cross. You can thank him for forgiveness. But if you don't die to sin, the stain of sin, the memory of sin, the sting of sin, the condemnation of sin, the regret of sin, and put on righteousness, you're going to miss the point of why he bore your sins. And you're just going to bear witness of confession of forgiveness, but you're still wearing the fruit of the same. Are you all with me? Y'all just kind of looking. Am I too worked up? Should I calm down? I really wouldn't know how. I could give it a shot. I've never calmed down. 
for all these years. I don't know what calm down would look like. I can try. Let me try. Nope, it ain't going to work. I can tell. It's not in me to calm down. Calm down, brother. No, not today, friend. You, you don't know what you're asking. Go to Hebrews with me, please. You won't have to go back far. Just start backpedaling here a little bit. Not backsliding, just back up in your Bible. Just back up, back up, back up a little bit, and you'll hit Hebrews 10. You won't have to go far. Just start scrolling back. Hebrews 10, verse 1. Wow, you guys are good. These guys are on it. Or girl, whoever it is, guys, girls, I can't tell. Hey, thanks, you're awesome. For the law, since it's only a shadow of good things to come, not the very form of things, can never, say can never with me, can never. So the law, it's only a shadow of what's coming, can never, by the sacrifices they were offering continually year by year, make complete or perfect those who draw near. So the law and the sacrificing of animals could never make your conscience clear and free from sin. It was just an atonement. It just covered you for a season. But you were still stuck with separation from God. You were still stuck with the identity of sin. You were still marked by sin. Are you with me? Fair enough. You all with me? Let's go to the next verse. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Wouldn't they have spared the little turtle doves and the bulls and all the stuff they were sacrificing? Wouldn't the, wouldn't the sacrifices have stopped? If the sacrifices were good enough, they wouldn't have had to keep killing all the little critters. You know, some of us live like we're in that place today. You know, we live condemned. Well, I blew it, brother. And you say, that's why you haven't been up and running for the last two months, because you blew it. What? Well, then take your cat down in the basement. Get it right. I don't know. What are you saying? Don't take your dog. Dogs are cool. Take your cat and your neighbor's cat. You might not understand this, but cats weren't here before the fall of man. Take a good look at their eyes. Something ain't right. Like you think everything that's made was God. No, no, no. Adam ate the tree and things got weird. Like briars popped out. Snakes got fangs and poison ducks. They weren't there before he ate the tree. Cats just popped out of the ground. <laughs> Proud, self-centered, wanted to take over the house and everybody to notice them. So take your cat in the basement and get right with God. Why linger around in your sin? If you're going to live that way, get a critter, man. Buy about 10 hamsters and go for a good week. Could you imagine that? Poor little hammy. One hammy left. Just one hammy on the wheel. He don't even know where the nine little guys went, you know. And he's like thinking, but it's every time they're on that computer. I lose a sibling every time. Now they're on the little wheel. And you're on the computer, they're like, now they're up on the window. Next thing you know, your head's down, you're coming over, little hammy, down the steps. That's what they did. That's what they did back then. It never took away sin. They were constantly stuck there. Some people live like we're still there, always boasting our ability to sin. It's a false humility. It just means you don't understand the gospel. Because they wouldn't be doing the kitty and the hamster and all that stuff. Because the worshipers, having once, uh-oh, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had a consciousness of sins. What's he talking about? The old. 
saying the good that's to come, right, isn't this. This is the old. It can accomplish what the one that's coming is going to accomplish. That means what the first one couldn't do, the one that's coming, the covenant, the truth that's coming through Jesus, is going to be able to accomplish on every angle what the first one couldn't. So the goal of the blood of Jesus and the cross is to give the believer a cleansing and a clearing of himself to where there's no more consciousness of sins. And yet we boast in our ability to sin. Well, we're always going to sin, brother. We sin every day. Well, why are you even preaching this? Because we're all going to sin. We're going to sin by, we'll sin before we go to bed, man. Everybody in this room is going to sin. That's what people say. Ah! So they live with the consciousness of Sin, boasting in their ability to sin, never putting on righteousness when righteousness produces holiness. Now they're exempt from holy life because they can't produce it, and neither can I. But if I put on righteousness, it changes me. If I start believing I'm a son, my life starts looking like a son. If I wake up and I'm not trying not to sin, but I wake up and believe I'm accepted, my life starts looking acceptable. Oh, as a man thinketh so... The eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye's single, the whole body's flooded with. Oh, I'm giving you scripture right now. Come on. Y'all ready? You want to do this? So this first one didn't work, or they wouldn't have no consciousness of sin. Next verse, please. We won't kill your kitties. But in those sacrifices, there's a reminder. Every year they had to come. Can you imagine that? Those priests, could you imagine being in the line of priests? They wore, they wore bells on their outfit. They tied a rope around them because they went through that big curtain and went in there. And if they didn't do everything perfectly right, they fell over dead. Dude, it's serious. They died. They had bells on them. If the bells stopped ringing and the rope went limp, you might as well pull Freddie out because something went wrong. Now Tony's standing over. He's next in line. When they put the suit on him, don't think them bells ain't ringing. He's a walking jingle, man. Ching, 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 and all of a sudden, quiet. I think we lost Tony. Ready, you're up. That's crazy. That's how it went down. Every year, it's a reminder. Of their sins can never take away because next year they have to come back for another day of atonement. And all them little critters have to die again and all them priests have to go in there and maybe fall over again. Next verse, please. For it's impossible, impossible for the blood of bulls. That means the second that's coming, it is possible. So if the first is impossible, the second that's coming, you'll see in a minute, it is possible. So this one, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Go ahead. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you have not desired. That's cool. Butter. <laughs> butter. What translation is this, man? It's like butter. 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 Butter body. Butter body. Butter body you have prepared for me. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Butter. All right, next verse, please. Next verse, please. It would have had to have been in caps, right? In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, 
You didn't take pleasure. Why? Because it didn't work. It never produced the freedom from the consciousness of sin. He didn't take pleasure. Go ahead. Then I said, who said? Who's this talking? This is the Lord, Jesus. Then I said, behold, I've come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. So never forget, this is all God's plan. This is all God's wisdom. This is all God's doing. Go ahead, next verse. After saying above, sacrifices and offerings and, and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you did not desire, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are all offered according to the law. Keep going. Then he said, behold, I've come to do your will. He takes away the first that didn't work in order to establish the that absolutely will. So if the first didn't, the second did. If the first didn't take away the consciousness of sin, the second is supposed to. It's up to you to wrap faith around that and make that true in your life. So if you stay sin conscious, that's you misunderstanding Scripture or not believing. Because he did it. Because the second is better than the first. And what the first couldn't do, the second could. Okay, next. Now watch this. This gets really good. By this, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body. By this will, we have been sanctified, meaning the will of God, through the body of Jesus Christ once for... Oh, my goodness. Go ahead, next. Every priest, every priest, Kitty, Hammy, you name it, man. Every priest stands ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, boy, I love the caps on that one, sat down at the right hand of God. Go ahead. Waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made his footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being set apart. Ain't that something? Is that something? I want you to go to, let's do this real quick. Let's blow this thing up real quick. Something I got to cover because somebody just always says, well, yeah, but if we say we got no sin, we're deceived to make him a liar. That's what people say. First John 5. Let's read what it says. First John chapter one, verse five. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship or co-union or communion with him. And yet walk in darkness, we lie, or we deceive ourselves, and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship and co-union and communion with one another and the blood of Jesus. Do you ever notice how somebody gets sin conscious, gets in a rut, gets condemned, gets guilty, and they disappear, won't return a phone call, go into hiding? You ever see how that happens? Ain't that something how true that is? We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from how much sin? Oh, wait a minute. How much sin did you just get cleansed from? Okay, next verse. If we say we have no sin, what's he saying? Is he talking about currently, presently? Because you just got forgiven of all sin. So if you just got forgiven of all sin, is he saying if you say you're not forgiven and you still don't have sin, even though you're forgiven of all sin, you're twisted and deceived? He's not saying that. What he's saying is if you say you have no need for the blood, 
I'll show you how true this is. He said, if we say we have no sin, because in verse 10, he's going to clarify what he just wrote in verse 8. Watch. If we say we have no sin, that means we haven't sinned. All sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Does everybody need the blood of Jesus? So he just talked about having the blood of Jesus and having it cleanses us and that we walk in the light as he's in the light and the blood of Jesus cleanses us. If you say you have no need for the blood, no need to be cleansed by the blood, well, then you're deceived and the truth's not in you. Verse 9. But if we confess our sins and realize we all have sinned and we all need the blood, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. So we just got forgiven again. Twice now, forgiven of all sin. And look at this. And to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? So in two verses, three verses, you just got forgiven of all sin and cleansed of all unrighteousness. So if you got cleansed of all unrighteousness, what remains? Righteousness. It's the only thing that can be there because all unrighteousness is gone. Yeah? So watch this. Next verse. If we say we, now he clarifies if you say you have no sin, remember? Remember how he said if you say you have no sin? Look, he clarifies it. If we say we have not sinned, he's not talking about this morning. He's talking about if you say you have no need for the blood. Then we make him a liar, then he's a fool to go to the cross and why'd he even do what he did? See, we make him a liar and his word's not in us. Now watch Chapter 2, verse 1, which is the next verse. Chapter 2, verse 1. Look how good they are. You guys are the best. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so you may not. Oh! So is he saying, I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin, but you know you're always gone. And if you say you're not, you're twisted and you're lying and you're deceived. That's so weird. See, what we do is we pull one line out of the Bible. Well, if we say we have no sin, brother, we deceive ourselves and make him a liar. What are you doing trying to preach this free from sin thing? Um, the Bible preaches it. How do you die to sin and stay conscious of it? How do you put on righteousness and stay conscious of unrighteousness? How do you present yourself and your members unto righteousness and actually believe you're unrighteous at the same time? My little children, the reason I'm writing this thing to you is so you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, don't throw in the chips, don't pack it in, don't get condemned, don't turn tail and run. Be sincere, run to God. Understand we have an advocate with the Father. He's Jesus. He's Jesus Christ, and He's the righteous. Let's do one more verse and we'll, we'll move on. And He Himself is the perpetuation. That means the mercy seat for our sins. And not only ours, but also for those of the whole world. Now, the world has to repent. Don't let anybody tell you the whole world's saved and just doesn't know it. The price was paid for the whole world to be saved. The world has to repent. You have to repent to receive the kingdom. Don't let anybody teach you that everybody's all okay, whether they've believed or not. That's not true. But this is what is true. The whole world has been paid for to be forgiven. And because mercy triumphs over judgment, you can pray for an unbeliever and he can be totally healed. He can be totally ministered to by God. He can actually be touched by God. I've sat on airplanes and had unbelievers get overwhelmed with the presence of God. Why? Because of that verse right there. 
Because he came to reconcile them to himself, not imputing their trespasses in the dispensation of mercy, where mercy triumphs over judgment and love covers a multitude of sin. So if you see people for what they appear to be and what you think they deserve, you might not touch them for their purpose and destiny. You might miss the love of God. That's why you judge no man in the flesh and you read no book by the cover. You see every man for what he's created for, not what he appears to be. Are you all with me? Okay, let's do, you guys are doing so great. Can we just go to Romans 6 and we'll wrap this thing up? And then we'll pray for some things maybe here. And Let's just go to Romans 6, verse 1. In the end of chapter 5 of Romans, who knows he makes this comment. He says, where sin abounds, grace does abound what? How much more? Much more. How more? Much more, right? So he makes this comment in, in chapter 5. So the, who knows this is all one letter? We just made chapters out of it. It's all one big letter. So he makes this comment in chapter 5 where sin abounds, grace does abound much more. He says, what then? Are we to continue in sin so grace may increase? He asks a legitimate question. So are we just supposed to sin so grace keeps pouring out? Now watch. See, this is what proves that we never pray to prayer to go to heaven. The goal of the gospel is not you to pray to go to heaven when you die. The goal of the gospel is to get you free from the lie, get you out of Adam, and get you into Christ. That's the goal of the gospel. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. That's the absolute truth of the gospel. Because right here's proof. Watch. Next verse. May it never be. May it never be that we sin so grace abounds. How shall we who died to sin still live in its identity is what it's saying. Yeah, but brother, you're always going to sin. Everybody sins. What are you saying? We don't sin. What are you saying? You're perfect. You're freaking me out. You're saying you're perfect. Everybody sins. Brother, we're always sinning. Who hears people talk like that all the time? They're so busy talking like that that they can never even hear the word or receive the word or receive an ounce of grace for their life to be changed. Because they're constantly fighting the word with their... Are you with me? Look, I'm not even preaching my sermon. I'm reading the Bible right off the wall. Look, I'm finally reading the Bible. You guys should be so happy. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Verse 3. Or do you not know? Why does he say that? Because some people don't. Do you not know? So it's important to know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. What's that mean? We'll find out in a minute. So every one of us have been baptized into his death if we've been baptized. Verse 4. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. Here he says it again. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of So it's not just about dying, it's about living. Next verse. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, okay, this is three times he said this in three verses. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So what he's saying is there's a dying for a living. We'll explain it here in a minute. Knowing this, second time, you better know. Knowing that your old self was, 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 your old self was crucified with him. When he died, you died. In order that our body of sin be done. So there's no looking back. There's no looking back. It's forbidden to look back. You're Lot's wife if you look back. You're a pillar of salt. You are stuck between where you came from and where you're heading and you'll never get there. Who sees it's, it's illegal to look back? Your sin is done away with so that we are no 
longer a slave to sin. When you keep looking back, keep redigging it up, keep opening closet doors, keep looking out. You're a slave. You're bound to what's forgiven and removed and what you died to. It's all here, guys. Next verse. For he who has died, uh uh-oh, this is in your Bible? Are you serious? He who has died. See, you did not pray a prayer to go to heaven. Now, if you just prayed a prayer to go to heaven, you probably don't fit in this verse. But he who denied himself, picked up his cross and is following Jesus, he who died in the likeness of his death, he who died to sin once for all, lives unto God, he who has died is... Yeah, but brother, that can't be true. That's blasphemy because you're always going to sin. Everybody sins. What are you trying to tell me? You don't sin? You're all saying you don't sin? You're saying you're perfect? Isn't that language constantly there in the church? So extreme that we can't even read, receive, and be empowered by the grace that comes through this truth. Watch this. He who has died is what? Free from... Is that my sermon or is that in the Bible? So you're going to have to email the Lord on this one. Don't even bother emailing me. I'm not going to read it. I won't read it. Verse 8. Now if we have died with Christ, if we have died with Christ, we've got to learn what that means in a minute, then we believe we shall live with Him. So it's not only about dying, it's about living. Living's a big deal, but you have to die to live. So you have to die to live. You have to die to live. Who catches that? You don't just ask Jesus into your heart. You've got to die to live. You don't just pray a prayer to go to heaven. You have to die to live. Next verse. Knowing, third time, you better know. Knowing must be important. That's three times in nine verses, guys, knowing. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, and death no longer is a master over him. Verse 10, be great. Now, here's the death we were buried into, the baptism we were buried into his death. Here it is, watch. For the death that he died. Remember how we were buried in baptism into his death? Now he explains it. The death he died, he died to what? To sin once for, but the life that he lives, he lives to, look at verse 11. He ties us right to him. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. Come on, that is not a riddle. That is not some hard to understand parable. That is like, woo! Yeah. That is like, don't even try to bother calming down. Verse 12. So therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, so you may obey it in its lusts. Don't go on presenting your members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Come on. All that requires right there is faith. You believing that the blood was enough to do that right there. And you got to wake up in the morning and intentionally present yourself to him as a member of righteousness and put off the things of flesh and thank God that you're delivered. And sometimes if you have something trying to gnaw at you, you just rejoice in a higher truth called Christ in you and you put off and you put on, you put off and you put on. Why? Because you care, because you're sincere, because you're born again. Yeah, you don't need a better reason. That's enough. Next verse. For sin shall not be a master over you, Because you're not under the law, you're under grace. Now he knows what people are going to think. So the next verse is because of what he just wrote. What then? We already were through this in verse 1. Should we just sin because we're not under the law but under grace? May it never be. We already established why. Verse 16. Do you not know, fourth time, you better know, fourth time, that when you present yourselves to someone as a slave for obedience, you are the slave of the one whom you obey. 
That's intense. (laughs) Either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. Next verse, be great. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Isn't it amazing you could go to church your whole life and never be taught this and actually be taught the opposite and actually be taught that sin is the dominant factor of all of our lives and and keep God in a place of mystery and wonder why he even loves us because we're so full of sin. We're supposed to be committed to this teaching and you can go to church your whole life and never hear this teaching. Ain't that something? Go ahead. And have, oh, second time. Having been what? Don't be afraid to say that, church. Having been what? Oh, freed from what? Wow. You became a slave of righteousness. You look up the word slave, it means bound and chained to do one's will. You've been bound and chained to righteousness to serve its purpose. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I'm so shackled. (laughs) And it's a good chain, man. Next verse. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in even more lawlessness, now, so now, Present your members as slaves bound and chained to serve its will to righteousness resulting in a separation unto God for purpose of sanctification. 20. For when you were a slave of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. That means people that are boasting in our ability to sin in a false humility are free in regard to righteousness. That's a sad thing because he rules his kingdom with the scepter of righteousness. Righteousness is actually the strength and power of the gospel. It's like we have like precious faith by the righteousness of God that comes through Christ Jesus. We have like precious faith by that righteousness. Oh my goodness. For when you were slave of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Verse 21. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. Next verse. But now... Oh, this is the third time he says this. But now having been, see, you're going to have to email the Lord on this one. Because I'm just reading scripture. It says it's Romans 6.22. Can somebody check? Is that actually in your Bible in Romans 6.22? But now having been an enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome? Eternal life. (laughs) Is that hard to understand or is that like, wow? Please don't let anybody talk to you in that other manner and talk you out of this. This is what you're to put your faith in. You're supposed to wake up this way. Believe this. I showed you 1 Peter 2. I showed you 1 John 1. I showed you Hebrews 10. And I showed you Romans 6. That's more than now the mouths of two or more. He'll confirm and establish every word. I gave you four witnesses. I could actually give you more. I gave you four very clear ones. Yeah? So what are we going to do? Probably put on righteousness and never wear those fig leaves again. Things don't fit you anyway. You look funny in them. Like really nasty bad. Like, Yeah? You got to wear something that fits. You got to wear something that matches. 
Yeah. It doesn't get any clearer than that right there. But now having been freed from sin. So watch what he's saying. Based on what Christ has done on that cross, not what you have done, what Christ has done, and based on what you believe, you walk in the benefit of that. Now watch this. I'm going to be as straight as I can be. If you choose to not believe that, even though it's true, you won't walk in the benefit of it. And on that day, the only thing we should be guilty of is believing Him. That's why I told you yesterday, ain't no superstar Christian, ain't no super Christian, there's not going to be no Christian Emmy Awards. Ain't going to be no guy flying with a cape with SC on the back of it. Super Christian. You're going to say, look at him. I knew he'd be up here soaring around that dude. No, no, no. The only thing we're guilty of is believing. And there's nothing a man has that hasn't been given. And he surely gets all the glory. Paul said, we are what we are. Because Paul's life was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Character was exemplary. His integrity, his non-quit, Going after nonstop was amazing. And yet he said, we are what we are by the grace of God. And there's no boasting in that. Ain't that cool? So guys, be encouraged by this. Be inspired by this. And don't let the testimony of sin rob your life from the verdict of righteousness. If he bore your sin and he bore my sin in his body on the tree that we having died to sin, Wow, now that verse really makes sense, right? Or all whole chapter of Romans 6 really makes sense. He did that so we died of sin that we might live to be found right in the sight of God. Guys, you have to camp there. You have to wear that. That'll lead you into intimacy. That'll keep your prayer life alive. That'll keep you receiving the love of God. And that'll keep you walking in the grace that he paid for. If you step out of the righteous verdict of God, you'll see yourself for yourself, you'll see yourself by yourself, or you'll see yourself through others, and you'll have a wrong view of how he sees you. Are you with me? It's vital and important that we walk this thing out by faith. Actually, everything I just read to you about all this is the reason we prayed for the sick. It's why we prayed last night for the sick. Because of this truth right here. Because he removed all sin and he took away the effects of sin. and By his stripes we are... Healed. So we prayed because he loves us, because he paid a price and he judged us righteous in his sight. We didn't pray because we earned it. We didn't pray for healing just because we're sick. We prayed because of the message of the cross and it put faith in our heart because God's for us and not against us. And he loves us and he's the redeemer of our lives. And if sickness is attached to the fall of man into sin, then it needs all swallowed up by the same package. True? It's absolutely true. Yeah. So where do you go from here? Anybody have any suggestions? I just love the gospel. It's 8.09. I'm going to quit on time. We got one more service tomorrow. What time's the service tomorrow? 10? Whoa, that's not even early. We can make that 10. You guys made 10 this morning. I was impressed. Okay, you said all the people was here this morning, wasn't it? I want you in your heart to purpose tonight 
to take everything you heard about these scriptures and begin to apply them in your own life, in your own heart, when you're alone with the Lord. Not in a home group. When you're alone with the Lord. Would you take that challenge? Will you do like, don't they do like these 30-day challenges and stuff? I don't know what they do out there. I hear this stuff, but let me give you some like, let me give you a challenge. You take this revelation, you read through these scriptures and you wake up in the morning or you start your day, you end your day and through your day, you're, you're just getting this stuff built up in your heart where at some point in each day, you put on righteousness, you acknowledge his love for you and acknowledge that you're clean and you wear the robe he paid for. And you just put that thing on. Next 30 days, you just put on righteousness. You just camp in forgiveness and mercy and believe God loves you and start communing with him with an unveiled face, believing he's right there in the room and watch what happens in your heart, your knowing and the revelation that comes to your life. You watch how grace begins to change you and even your, your disposition and your attitude and your responses takes away unhealthy reactions. All of a sudden, you'll realize your life's changing. People will see it. You might not even realize it because it's not some kabang thing. It's just you're changed when you're with him. Are you with me? I want to challenge you for like the next month. Let's do this thing for like the next month. Now, obviously, you never, ever stop living this way. But I'm saying for people to step out in faith and put this thing called righteousness on for the next 30 days and watch what happens in relationship with God and the expression of your life. Fair enough? Is that a fair enough challenge? Yeah. So I was hesitant. I was listening because it was something I was going to do and I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but I am going to do it. Uh, I wasn't waiting for a yes. I kind of wanted to do it after what I preached or... I always feel like I have a yes. I, I, I wasn't waiting for a yes. I was, was actually waiting for a no. And I didn't get one, so I think we'll just do it. So I want to pray for people tonight for a certain thing, a specific thing. We talked about it in the home today. Sometimes when we get our lives involved in things and we get caught up in things and messed up in things, it, it pays a heavy price. There's things that bite you along the way. I call it getting bit by the snake or the viper. And he bites for keeps. Sometimes he bites for keeps. You can, you can put on your little purity ring in youth group and be so sincere. And you're 14 and you're crying and you're having the touch of God. And, and now you're 17 and you're sure you're in love. And something just went the other way. And you stepped out of that little vow and out of whatever thing that ring represented. And next thing you know, you slept with this boy and... Now, you didn't just sleep with this boy, but two weeks later, your body broke out with some kind of symptom. And now you're freaked out and your heart's pounding and you're scared. And you went to one of these places that in confidence checked you out. And next thing you know, you got some STD in your body. Who knows this is a real thing? This happens to people all the time. So you cry and you repent and your friends love on you and you do what you got to do and try to get that thing taken care of and. You wean yourself back or whatever it takes to get back right with God and get back sturdy again. But you're still carrying that thing. So I want to pray tonight that every one of those things that is in anyone's life would absolutely be destroyed tonight because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So if, if you introduce something into your life because of sin, but you've been sorry since then and your sin's forgiven and God will never bring it up at the throne and he'll never mention your sin and he won't judge you for where you've been, then why is where you've been judging you? That needs challenged. And I think the body of Christ needs to get aggressive over this stuff. 
If, if, if you lived out of conduct, but you, you aren't living out of conduct anymore, but when you lived out of conduct, it marked your life and bit you, and now you got hep C, or you got an STD, or you got HIV, or you hurt an organ because you just took too much of this thing too many times, and now your liver ain't working, or your kidney's dysfunctional, or you've shortened something in your life, and you can't breathe like you used to because of any of that stuff I'm talking about. Any way that you're hurt by the choices you made, but you're not making those choices anymore. And if you say, well, I'm bound in those choices, I am making them out. We need to pray for you too, because God can break that bondage, I promise you. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm saying if you introduce something into your life because of your actions, but you've since been sorry and you've repented, then the thing that came through your actions has to be destroyed by the same righteous judgment of God. That's what I'm saying. If you cut your body and you marked your body in a season of darkness and you're not in that season anymore and now you wish you didn't do that, I'm telling you God can take them things off of your body. I've seen it actually quite a bit. And it's really fun. Because he's a redeemer. I could tell you a lot of fun stories. I don't feel like I need to take the time. I think you guys are on page. There's a lot of people that lived out there and deserved a mark and never got one. So there's no fairness out there. And who's learned there's no mercy? There's people that lived out of conduct a hundred times over and never got a mark. There's somebody that crossed the line and got marked. I met a young lady. She did one thing sexually out of conduct in her whole 52-year life. One thing. And it bit her for keeps with an incurable STD. One moment. She crossed the line for one moment. Reality hit her. She threw the fella off of her and took off running, grabbing her clothes, running, crying. She was so overwhelmed. She said the whole thing lasted, it seemed like seconds. And it was enough to get an incurable STD. That's, that's tough. Imagine the horror of her soul running home, crying all night, knowing what happened. And then she breaks out with symptoms and, and her family doctor says, honey, we need to talk. Where have you been? Where have you been? What's going on with you? Because her husband of all these years left her for a very young lady. So she got crushed and broken and this fella came in and said all the things she was needing to hear. And she found herself doing something she never did in her whole life. The only man she ever knew in her whole life was her husband. And now she's got this man with her. She throws him off and takes off running. It was too late. Bitter for keeps. One mistake. One 10-second mistake. Pretty intense story. Well, Jesus came that night and he took that thing out of her body. I saw her six weeks later and she had not one trace on any test. Completely free. I could tell you story after story after story. Why? Because of all these scriptures we read. You're forgiven of all sin. You're cleansed of all unrighteousness. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're a new creature if you're in Christ. You don't bring the old into the new. The old gets crushed and the new comes. You're with me? It's just true. So I don't want shame in here tonight. I don't want wrong tears. I want tears of joy tonight because God's merciful and loving. I don't want people ashamed tonight. It's not anybody's business what you're coming up for. It's nobody's business what you did or where you've been. That is nobody's business. It's our business that you receive the righteous judgment of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. There's people in this room that deserve a mark that never got one. 
We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're not trying to hash all that out and how and why and who. We're just saying, listen, if you carried yesterday's mistake in a physical way into a brand new life, that thing needs challenged and removed. And we're going to pray for you tonight. So I need you to make your way up here if you fit that description. If there's anything going on in your body or your life that has to do with yesterday's sin, yesterday's mistake, I need you up here now. That was great. Thank you. Come on. There's a bunch of you that need to run up here. I wouldn't be taking this time. I need 20, I need 24, 20, 20, it might be 25 people. I need 24 for sure. Might be 25. Come on, just get up here. Don't wait. The longer you sit, the harder it is to come. Just come. Just come. Please come. Just come. Wow, you guys are coming and kneeling. I don't want, I don't want, come on, get up here. I don't want any condemnation tears up here. If you weep, that's okay. Just weep because God's good. Weep because God's good. Here's what qualifies you to come up here and and really get clean because we don't earn anything. But here's what sets you up for the grace of God for a landing strip. If you could go back and do things over in your life now that you know what you know and see what you see, would you have a different resume? Most people go, yeah. So then that means we're not talking to the person you're remembering. We're talking to somebody new. Yeah? I need a few more people. Come on, real quick. I know I need 24. I thought I needed 25, but I know I need 24. Please come. Just get up here. Don't think about what somebody's going to think. If you're a youngster and your parents here, parents, ease up. Come on, just let your your teenager come up here and get free. And don't grill them and find, just, just let them come up and get free. Just, just come up here, kids, if you have to. I feel like a teenager needs to get up here. You coming? Thank you. Good. It's, it's you. I was here and I was like, I just think I needed a real young person to come right now. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I respect you. Please, I'm, not, I'm, going, to, I'm going to camp here real long, but I, I know I needed at least 24. I took my time to hear that number. I know when I hear numbers. I heard 24. For some reason, there's a couple people holding out on me. Just get up here quick. Why would you sit if God wants to sweep you clean? Why would you sit in your chair? Get up here. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I need at least one more. And, and possibly two. I know I heard 24 and I wasn't sure. I thought maybe 25. Thank you, sir. I so respect you coming up here. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay, I got 24 here, I think. Is there anybody else? If there is, you got one quick opportunity and I'm going to address these people and I'm not coming back this way. So I knew I needed 24. I actually was thinking I was here in 25. It never sat foggy with me. I was going back and forth, but I locked in on 24. So, Yeah? Thank you, bud. That helps me a lot. That really blessed my heart. Thank you. See, son, you matter. You matter to God. That's why I'm waiting. You matter. Man, she's so good. Okay, guys, that's fine. You just can let her cry. She's okay. Listen, if you guys could go back and do some things over, would you do some things over? If you could change yesterday, now that you know what you know, would would yesterday look a little different, huh? Would you say yes? Yeah? That's a good answer. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to thank God together as a group up here that he loves us. 
So right now, I want you to thank God in your heart that he loves you right now, that he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to call you brethren, that you're not condemned, that the righteous blood of Jesus brings forgiveness to your life. Come on. The answer to your question is the landing strip for that righteousness to come. When you say, if I could go back now that I've learned a hard lesson, if I could go back and change it, I sure would. Then we're not talking to the person that did what happened. We're talking to somebody that became new. You might have learned a hard lesson, but a lesson nonetheless, you're different because of it. Yeah? So right now, thank God that he loves you. Thank God that he forgives you of everything you've ever done. Please do that in your heart. Say, Father, I believe right now you forgive me. Absolutely forgive me of everything I've ever done. So I want you to do this, saying, I forgive myself right now. I'm done beating myself up. I'm done being condemned. I'm receiving your mercy. I'm receiving your love. I'm receiving your forgiveness tonight. And I'm allowing the blood of Jesus and the righteous judgment of God to come upon my life. I accept your mercy tonight, God. And this is more than healing. Man, this is redemption. This is you making me whole, Lord. Spirit, soul, and body, blameless till you come. Father, I thank you for holding us all across the front. I thank you that not one mark can remain. I thank you that yesterday and yesterday's stain will not remain on today's new creation. I thank you, Lord God, right now, Holy Spirit, for you just working and touching in every individual life and making all things new. I'm just telling you, there's so many beautiful things that happen in these altar calls. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. That's right. Completely brand new. New skin, new organs, new bloodstreams, new concentration, new memory. New capacity, God. Yeah, that was good for you, huh? Concentration and memory. I'm standing right in front of you. Isn't that something? Probably coincidence. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing. I just thank you for what you're doing. I just thank you for what you're doing. Touch that young man, God. I'm so proud of him. Touch him in your righteousness, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And God, mark him with revelation. Put understanding in his heart, Lord. Don't let him struggle even with himself anymore, God. Just let him rejoice in the gift that you gave him called life. God bless that young man. Yeah. Yeah, I just see a turmoil ending in your life, son. The one that came from the sound booth. I'm telling you, I see a turmoil ending in your life. I just bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Wholeness in Jesus' name. Not one mark from yesterday remain in your life. I declare it in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands out and begin to bless these people and just believe that they're going to walk in righteousness like never before, that they're going to live clean and free, that all these verses we read is going to be their absolute revelation and bring life to them every day. I bless you in this truth, people. So proud of you. We just thank you, God, for washing your kids clean in Jesus' name. Yeah? You can just sit there, talk to him if you want. You can thank him. You can slip back to your seat whenever you want. You can do whatever you want. People out there right now, who in your body, you still feel sick. You have some kind of sickness. You maybe weren't here last night. We prayed for a lot of people last night. I just need to see your hand if you need healing in this place. I'm going to do something a little different tonight than I normally do. Leave your hand up so I can see you. Somebody, somebody sitting real close. Can you just... Make at least contact. I don't know if you want to touch, hold their hand, ask permission. If, if I know, I understand the COVID thing, but I'm just telling you, I said it last night and I'm just, I'm convinced that COVID's, 
COVID just has no voice in this atmosphere with this whole, I, 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 you're fine to take somebody's hand. We're believing for healing, my goodness. I need you to take somebody's hand. Just say, hey, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to agree with you. And as soon as they take your hand, just begin to say, be whole in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for healing all through this room right now. Just pray for them right now. I'm going to join you. I'm going to pray with you. I feel a little aggressive about that, like I'm supposed to do that. And I, I enjoy that. I, I don't normally, but I, I enjoy praying for the sick. So pray for your, for your brother, your sister, if they raised their hand. Make sure somebody gets, gets in contact with you. Father, I thank you for healing all through this room. I thank you that you change situations. I thank you, God, that you change bodies right now, Lord God. I thank you that you heal people right now, Lord God. That you make things right in Jesus' name. Lord God, I just thank you for wholeness. I thank you for wholeness. Healing all through this room, Lord God. Degeneration, Lord God. I had a lady come up right before worship. She said because of the condition in her fingers, she hasn't been able to hold a pen and write without doing chicken scratch. She could write. She has use. She said she was 100% pain-free. She said if her kids grabbed her hand, she would win because it's tender. She said it's all gone. Last night when she got prayed for, she said today she's been writing. Is that true? Where are you? You're here somewhere. She's somewhere. And, uh, and she, she shared that testimony with me. Yeah, there you are. You were writing today, huh? It's just a big deal. So we're just believing for wholeness through everybody. Just like you touched that woman, God. Just like you touched your girl. Touch all your kids tonight. In Jesus' name, behold. We thank you for it. Amen? And Amen. Why don't you do something? We're going we're gonna to close. You can all stand to your feet with me and just in a, in a way of faith right now up here. Everybody stand to your feet with me if you will. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can you all just lift your hands to heaven with me? It's just a sign of yielding, receiving, accepting. It's kind of like, yes, yay, God, whatever. Just come on, man. It feels good to me to raise my hand. It's like, yay, God, yes. I just yield to you. I accept you. I honor you. Come on, let that mean something to you. Don't let it be religious. It's not the end of a church service. We're all going to raise our hands. Come on. It means something. I'm yielding. I'm in a submitted, yielded posture before you, God. And I'm saying yes to everything you're saying. I want you. I want you in me. I want you living through me. I thank you for the redemption of my life. I thank you for healing. I thank you for restoration. Man, I feel like right now, that thing I said over this one young lady, and she started laughing and weeping about her mind and being sound. I just feel like God is granting the soundness of mind in this room right now. I actually believe that in my heart. I actually see that I'm, I'm seeing that, and he's granting the soundness of mind. So just yield to him and lift your hands and thank him for a sound mind. Uh, don't berate yourself. Don't put yourself down. Don't say bad things about yourself. Don't say dumb me. Oh, I'll never get it straight. Oh, you know my mind. No, don't curse your mind. I want you to bless your mind tonight and believe that you're blessed. I feel like the Lord right now is showing me he's bringing a clarity to mind, but he doesn't want you speaking wrong things over your life. I feel like there's some people you've been speaking some derogatory things over your own being. It's time to love yourself in him. And love yourself the way He loves you. Don't curse your mind. Don't curse your body. Don't say, oh, this stupid body. Don't do that anymore. Father, you're, you're blessing my body. You gave me a body to house you. And you gave me a body to manifest you and act you out, Lord God. And I thank you that this is real. So, Lord, you're doing that. Clarity of mind. Soundness of mind. Yep. Consistency of emotions. Consistency of moods. I'm just saying what I'm hearing. I'm believing this. This is powerful to me. A consistency of moods 
and a clarity all through your people, God. Yep, no more fog, no more cloudedness, no more heaviness. God, I just thank you for freedom, solical freedom all through this room. I just thank you for a revelation of your love, a revelation of the finished work, and I thank you that everyone is positioned to just wear righteousness and look good in your sight. I thank you for it, Father. We lift our hands and thank you for what you're doing, for who you are, and we rejoice in this gospel. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.